I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kahn Report wherever you get your podcast. You watch it on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. And we have a special offer for you YouTubers. We're offering now three different levels of membership. Everything you're getting here will remain the same way it is for free. It's just that there's an opportunity to get a little bit more. Um, so the first, there's going to be three levels and you can get, you know, um, members only chats. You can have, um, you know, early access to some of the vid to a lot of the videos. And another level would be maybe, uh, invitations to the live shows where it would be for just the members of that group. Or, um, I would also do a live stream show once a week during the season for members only during training camp and at various points throughout the year to give you something extra in addition to everything that we're doing now over here at Empire. So check it out on YouTube, sign up, do us a favor, appreciate it as always. And this podcast has grown because of your interest in this team and your continued support of, of just what we what I do here. And so it's really always appreciated. So we're gonna try and give you a little bit extra and see how you like it and let's go. So anyway, today, going to talk about a few things, the coaching situation again, because it's an ongoing, it's an important search and it's ongoing. So what's going on there? What am I hearing? Um, also, John Allen. Also going to start with Ron Rivera. He, you Hopefully you guys listened or, or watched the interview I did with him the other day. And I appreciate those who were able to, who, who watched or listened. And I know some people say like, I'm tired of hearing from, I don't want to hear from anybody in the past. I get it. Past is bad. The past stinks. We know it. So I, I get it. But from a newsmaker, from a news writer's, reporter's perspective, it was news that he hadn't talked yet. So I thought it was interesting to hear what he had to say about how he felt things went and some of the things that maybe he wished he had done differently or whatever. And so you would have heard all that, whether it's about not naming Sam Howell the starter, um, going into, you know, making it maybe more of a true competition. So you have to earn it and that not just anointed um and I know he he talked about that with with Dwayne Haskins back in the day as well. Though uh, Howe was more prepared, I think, to handle the situation, and and I think he had actually handled it well. I just um, I think that was one of the regrets uh, Rivera had. Some of the other issues, you know, they could never really build that offensive line for a few reasons, right? And sometimes it was scheme related, sometimes it was player acquisition related, and. Sometimes it was in, there were definitely injuries and then player losses, Brandon Sheriff, Trent Williams had to trade him. Bruce Allen botched the Trent Williams situation big time. They didn't get, they weren't able to get a lot for him in the end. And yes, it would have been really good to keep him. And, you know, he's coming off the cancer. Did you want to wait and see? That's how they were going to play. They're going to do that with everybody. All right. Well, they could have used Trent, but 
you know, Bruce Allen really botched that a while before that. And they either should have traded him or they should have paid him at that time. They, they effed around with the best tackle in the game, or certainly maybe not the best tackle at the time, the one of the top two hall of famer and Bruce Allen played games with them. And, you know, and this is where it got, got to. So um, Brandon Sheriff, I think he was always going to leave before these guys got here. Even after that, it just, that's everything you kind of heard, but bottom line is still weren't able to build it. And if you're going to lose a Brandon Sheriff, you can't replace him with a Trey Turner. That's the problem. It's never who's leaving. It's how you replace. That's always where the, the issues come. So anyways, that was one of the issues. And, and then I also think too, one of the things that I did ask him about if he felt like it was too optimistic, too loyal at times. And when you come from Carolina and you bring so many people from Carolina trying to recreate what the success you had there. And like they did have success. So they had a good several year run, but the last few years were not as good. And so sometimes what I would also, what I take from it, and this is something I had, I gone down, there were a lot of roads I could have just gone down and just said, we're going to go down this road and spend 20 minutes on this topic. But you, you, it's hard. You want to touch so many topics, but even with the loyalty stuff, sometimes I wonder if you're the second co, if you're a second co or getting a second job as the head coach, surround yourself with some fresh ideas, change, right? And I think there are a couple of candidates in the cycle who would be second time head coaches, one of which is Dan Quinn. I'll get to him in a minute. So if you come here now, the, I guess the one thing from him is he's not coming here from Atlanta. You come in here from Dallas, if that's where it goes, but surround yourself with fresh ideas, fresh thoughts. And I think that's how you can grow as a coach is to bring in some people like that. Listen, Joe Gibbs came back and surrounded himself with a lot of guys from his first go round on offense. And the offense wasn't very good. The defense was terrific. And that's, you know, and the, and the overall team was, was solid, right? That was Gibbs, but the offense was not, and the offense never really kind of got there, but I don't think there was an, and then when he tried to bring outside ideas, Al Saunders wasn't quite the right mix. So the point is you're coming in, from a different job, don't just bring everybody that you knew or that you that you trusted or whatever. Develop some more of that to bring in some fresh ideas for you, for the team, for whomever. Anyway, so but I like I said, I did want to bring it to you. Um, I, I felt like he deserved to be heard and to talk about what he felt happened here. And th listen, he went through a lot here. We know that, and I, and I've always said, I even told him it doesn't affect who you draft, it doesn't affect who you sign or how you allocate money but it does, it can wear you the hell out when you're having to deal with all the situations that kept popping up here. And then in the building, while it may not be first and you know foremost on your mind, but it, you do feel it in the building and whether it's all these investigations, all that kind of stuff. So it does wear you out, and especially when you're going through some cancer. So I kind of feel like in the end, he was a guy that had to guide this franchise through a turbulent time. And now it's ready to go to somebody else's hands who can take it where it needs to go from here. So there you go. And, but I did appreciate him joining me because I think it's, you know, it's never easy to talk about why did you lose your job? And I said that the other day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. See, the show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's move forward here. John Allen. So Graham and I talked about John Allen the other night on the podcast and just his situation. So, you know, listen, this is something where it's going to be monitored all offseason. But I do want to make it clear because I've talked to people who know him pretty well. Like, this is not a guy who's angling to get out of town. So I think there's this this could be a conversation that goes to places, not conversation with me, but off-season conversation that goes to places it doesn't necessarily need to go because there's there's no indication that that he doesn't want to be here. There's none whatsoever. The only thing that was said is that, you know, did he think about it? Yes, because teams called on him at the trade deadline. Before that point, you never even consider life outside of here. Um, but I do know he wants that he would love to be here if if it's going in the right direction. So I think bringing in a guy like Adam Peters, then it's going to see who is the head coach, who is the defensive coach, you know, who's the defensive line coach. So all those things are going to play into it. And I think with this change is going to come a breath of fresh air for a lot of people in that locker room. And, you know, certainly I think in that D line group, especially. So I think it's going to, you know, just wait and see how it is, but I've got no indication from anybody close to him. is like, Oh, he really wants to get out of here. It doesn't matter. Nobody has said that to me. In fact, it's really the opposite that as long as he sees that something is being going in the right direction, he wants to be a part of it. And I haven't gotten any indication from anybody here. I mean, we don't, again, we don't know who the coach is. So everything, this is January 18th. When I record this, everything could change in two months. Who knows? But right now, I don't, you know, keep in mind, like when they traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young, well, Chase Young, I think was a, you know, again, they, they were ready to move on from him. Montez was a guy that I think they felt like you couldn't pay all these guys. And if you're going to build with the, the line, do it up the middle. If you're doing it up the middle, that's Deron Payne and John Allen. And he's, he's 29 years old. Does this have to be a long rebuild? No. Do they need work on this roster? Yes. But when you look around the league, there are teams who can elevate to a certain point with really good coaching and you get the right situation and you maybe you get the right quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Suddenly you can go from four to eight or nine wins. And then the next year you could be in a different and a much better spot. John Allen is still going to be a viable player at that time. So there's no reason that this has to go anywhere other than a continued partnership. But I do think that if, if, for Allen, I think one of the things is I think he'd like to get some more gear. This is, this is you know I I wouldn't be surprised. I should say I don't I haven't he hasn't told me anything like about his contract. But I wouldn't be surprised if if he wanted to get more guaranteed money, kind of restructure his contract a little bit just to do that. So that may be a down the road thing. But for right now, um, there's no indication in, on either side that they're ready to say, oh, we may have to explore to trade him or, oh, I want to get out of here. Nope, not, that's not what's going on right now. Wait and see. But I do think that Allen would love to be here as part of a winning, especially if, they, if he sees a winning situation developing and he's going in the right direction. Because, you know, it's funny, over the years, I've talked to a lot, a few guys who when when they're leaving here, they're a little bit either reluctant or hesitant because like, 
you know, you feel like you're right there, but they want to be here when it turns, because I think they know when it turns, it could be really good. The problem is in the past, it hasn't turned. I think there's more belief that in the current, the way it's going, that it could certainly could turn within a couple of years into a pretty good place if you hit on certain guys. But then, then it's again, we have to see who the coaches. But I did want to say that I want to make it clear, like, you know, I don't I don't think there's there's no indication that um, other than anything other than I think you'd like to be here and be part of a building growing organization that could finally have some level of success or set up better to have a, a higher level of success than he's ever achieved here. So let's get to some of these coaching interviews. And on Thursday, it was Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn. On Friday, it's Ben Johnson, all the virtual interviews. The in-person interviews can start to take place next week. That's when you start to pare things down. And that's when it starts to get really serious. And, you know, Washington with, with Adam Peters now, they, they've got their group in place to interview everybody. And I'll be curious to see who's all sitting in on all these coaching interviews. Sometimes it's like, you could, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it with this. If it's going to be all the leadership stuff, or is that going to be as a pared down when you get to maybe the second, if there's a second interview, are you bringing in some more like the Magic Johnson types or whatever? I don't know, but that's something I'll find out and I'll pass that along who all is sitting in on these in-person interviews. So one of the things that um, there are a couple of guys that really stand out on the list, and they're really the three guys that I've mentioned, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, and Ben Johnson. When I talk to people about um, what, what Washington, who Washington is talking to, those are the names that more people will talk about. Now, in some cases, it's because maybe they know them a little bit better, but I think in other cases, it's because they feel like Obviously, Ben Johnson, if you're looking for the top offensive coach who's going to be available this offseason, it's Ben Johnson. Then if you're looking at a guy that a lot of people really respect, it's Dan Quinn. Another guy that people feel like deserves a second chance, it's Raheem Morris. And, you know, you're looking at a heavy defensive coordinator coach cycle. And so I think that's why those guys are getting mentioned a lot. But because there's some good, strong, there's some strong defensive coordinator candidates for head coaches um, Evero from Carolina, McDonald from Baltimore, who's also on this list, um, other guys that are in that on that list. But so, like when I talk to people about Raheem Morris, I mean, he's got a lot of fans out there, and there are people who played for him here, obviously, because um, he coached here back in the day. But there are a lot of people who connected with him at various stops who are very, very high on him. And the things that you'll hear is a natural motivator. Um, he was put in a horrible situation. A lot of people felt in Tampa Bay when he was a young, very, very too young head coach didn't go well. And, you know, I think it's funny because I was talking to someone about that today, that if that situation had not happened, would he have had another job long before now based on his resume since that time? Probably the answer is yes. So I think he's a guy that warrants a strong look because I think he's a guy, like they said, he connects well. They feel like, um, players respond to him, good motivator. So those are some of the things you hear about him. And, um, you know, so we'll see where it goes with Raheem, um, has a natural connection with, 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 um, Sean McVay. So who I know he doesn't connect to this group, but you know, I think there's a connection to Sean McVay, which has always been a good thing in the past for, for other coaches who went on to, to get a head coaching job. 
and so we'll see. I know one of the again, one what this group wants first and foremost is an isn't isn't I was gonna say offense. <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. It's a leader, not an offensive guy, not a defensive guy, a leader. So if that's Raheem, then that's Raheem. With Ben Johnson, what you hear a lot is the offensive acumen. And I don't know, you know, I don't know as a, as a defensive guy, you're going to feel some of that motivation stuff a lot more, right? Whereas offensive guys, it's usually more about when, when I talk to guys about like Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, they would refer to them as like a mad scientist and just like the faith and trust they had in their game plans. Not that it's like the motivation for them on offense came from uh, the game plan. Like they believed in it. When you believe in it, you play a little bit, you play with more confidence. And I think that's what they felt with Sean McVay, with Kyle Shanahan. It wasn't like Kyle Shanahan's going around rah, rah, you know, that's not, it, was, it wasn't his style when he was here. He's a little bit aloof at times, but man, they believed in the game plan. And I remember after he left, excuse me, after they were, after that staff was fired and I, I know what a lot of fans were, were happy to see him go. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll admit, you'll raise your hand and say you were one of them. And I'm not saying it was everybody, but I do remember at the time, because I remember at the time talking about it and writing about how players felt and um, they really liked him. And I was surprised to the depths of it. Like it was pretty unanimous. And one person said it was pretty much all but one player. And that player would have been Robert and you know, Robert may say something differently now. I don't know. I'm just saying what the, somebody said at the time. The point is, he was universally beloved. It wasn't because he was this great motivator, per se. Um, he was a damn good offensive coach. And some of the things that I think you see with with a Ben Johnson that you hear in the detailed, um, the, the, the details that he coaches with are, I think, what shows up, showed up with, with Kyle Shannon as well. And I think with Sean McVay, a lot of the same stuff. I think he, Sean is a little bit more, you know, energetic and more, much more of a people person. But I also think that the, the faith and the belief that people have in him as a leader and as a coach and the game plans are what carry him more, much more so than the motivation aspect. Defensively, I think the motivation and, the, and that kind of stuff is probably a bit bigger of a deal. Um but, uh, but though, yeah, with Peters, though, as one person said, he's like, they consider him, he said he looks like an offensive genius. They love, you know, people that I've talked to love the way he gets guys in space. Very physical, can be, they play a very physical style of offense. Excellent use of play action. It's funny because, um, and, for, and also from under center, nobody uses more, I mean, I mean, they, Detroit by far, it's almost double what, what Jared Goff was as far as play action passes from under center, um, on first down, like the early down play actions are a big deal. Nobody did it more than Detroit with Jared Goff. I think he had 94 pass attempts in the regular season. Uh, Matthew Stafford was second with 50. So, but the point is like they, but that, that when we always talk about like marrying concepts, that's how you do it. And that's one way why I think that often was one reason I think that offense is successful, successful is because of that. But I hear like the, the details that I hear about with, with Ben Johnson are, are really good as far as like how he, the, the way he, we talked about this with the enemy and there were times I think during the season, I didn't really see it. And just with, with, in terms of the execution of some of the players, I don't think he stopped harping on it, but I just didn't see the benefits of it the way I thought I might. But you see, I think you see it with Detroit. I love the way that they'll sometimes use tempo 
to catch teams, right? And to, it's like, it might be a basic play, but the tempo of the play is running a pace that catches the defense off guard. And it's, and it's beautiful to watch offensively because I just think it's another, it's a smart way to get something more and it just keeps teams off guard. And that's not, a, you, you just didn't see a lot of that going on here on the other side of the ball. Now, sometimes you've got to have a veteran quarterback, quarterback to be able to operate some of that stuff, but you can also work to that as well. If you get a young guy in here and develop him, you can get to that point with them as well. But anyway, so like that was just some of the things you hear about him. I think, but what some people don't know is like, is this a Dan Campbell style offense that he wanted that Johnson is running? But I think one thing to note with Ben Johnson is that he's been in a few different systems. I don't think he's wedded to a system. I think it's more about doing what you have and working within what you have, which is a good way to go. I think there's a lot of good qualities that he has that people have pointed out to me. And um, by the way, it's funny because I know Nikki Javala was up in Detroit covering covering the Lions game this weekend and was at the press conference and he started, he was talking about Adam Peters and just how he had heard a lot of good things about him for all, for anyone. That's, that's the one, that's the one little morsel from Detroit today from, from uh, Ben Johnson. And, and again, Chris Spielman, Rick, Rick's brother works for the Lions. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Having said all that, the one coach and that I hear the most praise about from people who worked for him or played for him or worked alongside him is Dan Quinn. Doesn't mean they're going to hire him. Doesn't mean that, that, you know, he'll be the guy because there's a lot, you know, I think when you hear people like his name will be mentioned, Ben Johnson's name will be mentioned. I think Raheem's, I don't know about Bobby Slowick with him because I think got to hear what, what they have to say or what people have to say about it. But I hear more about these three. That's why I'm talking about them a little bit right now. But again, with Dan Quinn, I know a lot of people are just looking at social media might seem to, for some reason, don't think he's worthy of it, but he is, he was, he's, this is the guy that I hear the most good things about partly because he was a head coach. So, they, so people saw him in that role, whereas Ben Johnson, you're projecting just like, quarterback in the draft right you're projecting so you don't know you know the qualities you see as an offensive coordinator but how will he handle being a head coach because it's so much different if you're a head coach and a play caller that's a lot of work man because just think if you were a play caller with all the crap that had gone on here the last couple of years you wouldn't have had time to deal with them it would have you would have needed someone else to do it so you're you know so is he, you know, I'm sure he's going to come here and call plays because that's usually what offensive guys do. 
but there is an impact of that. And so if you're having to deal with all the extra stuff, you need a really good staff around you. So that's why I say the question for him on him is only that will, how will he handle that when he, if, and when, well, he's going to become a head coach this off season, but so how will he handle that? Whether it's here or somewhere else, um, that will be the key. And, you know, the funny thing is, I know like some people worried that David Tepper can throw a ton of money at him. That's fine. But if you want to win, that money has to be spent all over on your assistants, on the players, not just on salaries, but on, on the resources for them. Right. And do you have any level of security with a, with an owner like Tepper? I would say you don't because history has shown that you don't. And the other part, the other thing I found funny is that Mike Sano from The Athletic, who I used to work with at ESPN, he rated Washington's job as the sixth best opening of the eight, ahead of only Tennessee and Carolina. And personally, I think it's just higher. I just, I think because the setup now with the ownership and then with Adam Peters, I think where you get dinged is the facilities. I think you get dinged with this. I don't know the stadium because, you know, I think the facilities matter more because you're there every day. They can fix that in a few years, but it's probably going to take still a few years because they need to find out where they're going to build the stadium first. Anyway, I think it's a better job than that. As you know, I think I put it in the top few. Um, I think the one thing with the Chargers, while it's an intriguing one on the surface, the one thing you wonder about out there with with that owner too is, again, it, I think you you have to win now. So I think it's better for a veteran coach to go out there like a hardball, but will that owner spend? Because they have a reputation for not doing that. Not just, again, not just on the coaching salary, but on, on, the, on the coaching staff, and then other aspects of the organization that are important to players. And I do think they're going to do that here. Anyway, I think it's higher than six. I think it's, it's in the top couple, top three for me. Anyway, so let's get back to Dan Quinn. Why do people say this stuff? Well, I had, well, I think I told you the other day, one person told me that he is, he's the best coach he's been around at setting the standard for an organization. Um, natural leader uh, knows how to motivate. And um, another person who worked with him, for a while said he's a tremendous um, has tremendous charisma and a connector with his players. So all that stuff. And I know what happened in Dallas this year and the, and the, and the last game of the year, you can't go by what someone did in the last game, because if you did, the Rams would not have hired Sean McVay to be their coach. I said this the other day, they scored 10 points in his last game here. And somehow the Rams still thought this guy could be a head coach. And I'm not saying that Dan Quinn should be the guy you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to be sitting in those interviews. Hire the guy you feel is best. And if it's Ben Johnson, you grab him. If it's Raheem, you grab him. If it's Dan Quinn, you grab him. Bobby Sloak, grab him. Whomever it is. But I'm just telling you, I know that some people, again, kind of turn their nose up at him, but he has a good reputation for people who have worked with him, played for him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So don't dismiss him just because of what happened last week in a playoff game. Because if you, again, if you just went by that, then I think you're going to have to disqualify a lot of people over the years. Um, and, and the other thing that somebody said, he has a very clear vision and this something that could, he, how will he align with this group? And I think I could see all three of those guys aligning very well. So I don't know that that's going to be something, but it is something that somebody brought up about him heard again, a lot of good things about all these guys so far. And I, and the funny thing is going, and I think I told you last week, going into this, people were, you know, you'd hear that Adam Peters was clearly their number one candidate, clearly. 
I don't think there's a clear number one candidate for them now. Maybe after all these virtual interviews are done, they'll they'll have someone say, you know, like they start leaning a certain way. Um, but but that's not that wasn't the feeling going into this. So that's why I think it's important to kind of look at all these guys. Why might they go down this road? Well, I think with these guys, I think I just shared with you some of the reasons why. Um and it, you know, again, if you're a guy like Dan Quinn, you better have a really good um plan in place for, you know. If you draft or Raheem, if you draft a quarterback, how are you going to handle that from a, as a defensive head coach, you better have that good plan. And I know, you know, they, I, as I alluded to with Ben Johnson, he might get to a point where it's like, you can't be the coordinator or you can't be the quarterback coach. And so who's going to handle that. And, but I think the difference is it's, you can have your system that you want to run. This is the system you want to be. And you just find someone to help with your system. As a defensive guy, you don't want to be changing all the time. There are defensive coaches who have had success with young quarterbacks. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, they did okay. Um, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they did okay. D'Amico Rhines with C.J. Stroud, he did okay. Now, I know Bobby Slowick certainly played a role in that. C.J. Stroud is pretty damn good. And there are some plays that he made last week when you're watching them. It's like, that's a good play call. That's a hell of a play by the quarterback. It's not, he's, I don't, you know, I think Slowick deserves a lot of credit. And and clearly deserves a lot of credit, but I think CJ Stroud deserves a lot of credit too because he's making plays where it's like that's just a damn good quarterback play. So you know, Belich- like I brought up, Belichick, John Harbaugh, with Lamar Jackson, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, um, Ron Rivera had Cam Newton in Carolina. So those are all examples of success- successful situations with young quarterbacks and defensive coaches. To me, if, if all things being equal, you go to the offensive guy. But if it's not equal, do not shy away from hiring a defensive guy. And I will tell you this with great certainty, they will not shy away from doing so. Doesn't mean they will, but they will not shy away from doing so. Because if you do, then you could be turning your nose up at, at a very good candidate. And I don't think that's what they're going to do. So do not assume anything and do not dismiss anybody. But you can have your favorites. And I know, I'm pretty sure I know who a lot of guys want and I don't blame you because I think, you know, if it's, if you, if you all want Ben Johnson, he's done a hell of a job as a coordinator. Offenses are a lot of fun to watch. They're, they're sometimes some, again, I tell you the base, some of the basic plays they run, they're doing so in a, in a creative fashion, whether it's with tempo or just a slightly different look out of a play. Um, And then you mix in some creativity that I think is fun to watch as well. So um, I think it, I think he'd be a really good hire for anybody, but I also think that you know some of these other guys are going to be right up there as well. So anyway, that's it for me. Um, these again, the virtual interviews continue on Friday with 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 Ben Johnson, and then next week in person. So I'll be back, man. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be back on Monday with another episode. So I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>